Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Robshaw, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jkimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Mobshaw. Morning, guys. Morning. 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 Let's kick this week's episode off by uh, uh, looking at Leeds United first. Um, they gained their first Premier League win of the season with a 1-0 victory over Watford. Um, Dan James showed some of the talents that Marcelo Bielsa rates so highly and Diego Lorente marked his return from injury with the winning goal in a game that Leeds dominated from start to finish without being able to finish uh, off the opposition, unfortunately. Um Stuart, um, I'd like to come to you first on this one. How important do you think that this win is, with it being just before the international break? And do you think this could be the start of Leeds' season? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, irrespective of the timing, just, just to get your first win of the season, is it, it, or league win of the season, I should say, is always a big deal. I mean, even Marcelo Bielsa said afterwards it was a relief for him. Um, with all his experience, so uh, yeah, I think it, I think it wasn't. I think it was important. And um, to be honest, with your first win, you'll 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 take it any way it comes. But as you were alluding to, there it was it was very well deserved. I mean, they did um, they did comprehensively outplay Watford. Should have won. Should have won by uh, by more than one goal. And and again, as you said, you know, um, Dan James's form was a positive. Having Diego Lorente back was a positive. Probably not a coincidence that they got the first clean sheet in the Premier League this season as well. So yeah, it was it was it was a positive day for them and and, and an important one. Yeah. Hmm. Do, do you have anything to add on that, Leon? Yeah. Yeah, I think like like what Stuart said, it was you know it was pretty much all all about the result and just just settling everybody down really, wasn't it? And I know the, the the last thing in the world that Bielsa will look at is social media. I mean, he's totally. You can't think of a manager who's less interested in it, really, can you? But I suppose, you know, with the profile of Leeds, it's one of those, what I'd probably call a 24-7 club, you know, everything about the club is analysed and dissected. And I'm sure the players, you know, would have been, you know, feeling it a little bit. And obviously going into an international break, there'd have been all the talk about, you know, the worst start of the season since, what is it, 1935 or something, isn't it? And... It piled, um, you know, a lorry load of pressure on on them going into the, you know, the, the Southampton. They got Southampton, haven't they? The likes of Norwich and Wolves and, and Leicester, and there'd have been, you know, a, a fair bit of pressure. But you know, psychologically now they can look at those games, think, look, we've got we've got the start, we've got the three points. Um, you know, key play, players coming back in. In James, who I'm sure will be fine at Leeds, you know, once he get, you know, he gets fully assimilated in the ways of, of Bielsa. Mm. Lorente is a good player if he can, if he can obviously stay, stay fit. But they can sort of look at those games and, you know, maybe um, look to, uh, you know, attack them as well. And hopefully Bamford will be back as well. And it, it's just amazing what a what a win can do. I mean, uh, I think for a lot of our sides, really in Yorkshire. Yeah, you know, gives a totally different perspective, especially going into an international break. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the, the sort of one negative if you were nitpicking was that they need to be more ruthless in front of goal because, as I say, they, they should have won by more. But it it wasn't really a day for nitpicking when, no. when you get your first win. You know, you, you you take that and and you know, as Leon's just pointed out there, they've they've got the potential now for a run of games when they get back to the international break to really 
start some momentum and, and, and as you said, Mark, to, to sort of get the season up and running. So um, I don't think there was ever a panic. I mean, we were, we were talking last week, you know, before this um, defeat about how they, they, they didn't need to sort of rip things up and start again. It was it was just a case yeah. of slight tweaks. Um, but it ju- it does just settle everything down, doesn't it, Leo? Just the outside noise, Stuart, isn't it? You'll you know you'll exactly appreciate that full well. I mean, more it's it's prevalent at a lot of clubs, but you know more especially at a, a you know a huge club like Leeds. Everyone knew what it what it meant to them to get back to the top division, and and they're desperate to, to build on it and, and certainly stay there. But I'm, I'm sure Leeds will be fine. We've talked about it before, and you know the performances haven't been. You know, it's not as if they've been sort of sort of bad, really, have they? Really, I know they got um, you know thumped against Man United, played Liverpool. They, they can do that to anyone; those teams, can't they? And you know, even against West Ham, they're very, you know, unfortunate in in that game. So, yeah, like like you say, Stuart, I agree with you that there's no need, overly, overly need to panic, and they're off and running, and you can get a couple of wins in this next block of games before the um, November break, then they can, you know, really get some momentum and get the season going. Hmm. And I, I think with regards to a lot of our teams, not just not just um, Leeds, but the EFL teams as well, you will have spells in the season where the, the fixture list is just against yeah. you, you know, yeah. or injuries kick in or what have you. And it, it's just they a case of... Exactly, it's it's just a case of holding your nerve in those times, really, and that's why yeah. you know we're often cautioning against jumping to conclusions too early. Once you've got a run of games, you've you've kind of evened that out. But sometimes, you know, you can yeah. you can you can just have a have a couple of difficult games. You know, a game against Man United and Liverpool close together when they're yeah. on top of their form, it can just distort the picture. And 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 in the other way as well. I mean, you look at you look at Spurs start to the season, for example, and then the way they followed it up, and Arsenal the other way around. Um, yeah. You've just got to you've just got to keep your nerve at times, and obviously. That's something Bielsa is very good at, but the, the difficulty for the players sometimes is, is just the outside noise and how that how that affects them. And as I say, that doesn't just go for Leeds; that goes for probably most of the teams we're going to talk about today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, turning our attention to Sheffield United now, uh, who lost two one at table topping Bournemouth after scoring first and conceding a disputed penalty. The result leaves them firmly mid table after losing two games on the trot. Um, does Slavisa Jokanovic have some thinking to do over the international break, Stuart? Well, I guess it's another case in point. I mean, lo- losing to losing to Middlesbrough was a was a bad result, but bad results happen. Losing two one to Bournemouth when you took the lead when Bournemouth's penalty should have been a free kick is not something to to go too overboard about. So, whilst you shouldn't use it as an excuse to brush all your problems under the carpet. Neither is these two defeats cause for panic either. You know, possibly, possibly all the, all the games that there's been in this block might have caught up a little bit on uh, Illiman and Dai, who was so inspirational at the start of it. You know, he's he's a, he's a young man playing Championship football for the first time. You know, uh, as a, as a team, they were just not quite on it at Middlesbrough, as we mentioned last week. Um, so there's definitely things that need to be need to be worked on and, and improved um, but you know really I think uh, I think if you're a championship club suffering a defeat to Bournemouth it's not something you want it's not something you aim for but it's I yeah. think it's generally something you can sort of write off if it happens to you yeah I think in a, in I mean we, we've talked about it before Stuart in, in these three game weeks that you do get in the EFL you know a, a trip um a trip to Bournemouth at the end of it, you know, after uh, they obviously had an, an, another away game at, at Borough in, mid, in, mid, in midweek is as, probably as tough as it as it gets, really, isn't it? And um, I, th- I think the one thing I'd, I'd say about them, they've, they've sort of you look at them, they've beaten the, the Blaze, they've beaten the likes of you know Derby, I think they've beaten is it Peterborough and Hull. They're just you know struggling to make a little bit of a statement, aren't they? They played things went against them at Bournemouth. They had a bad defeat. Um, at West Brom and I think especially away from home they've not really sort of overly convinced apart from apart from the game at, at, at Hull and I mean that was really one you know in a lot of respects through through being strong at set play so 
struggling a little bit there, but there's, you know, it, it, very early days, and they're gonna, they're a side who will grow into the um, into the season. I, I think, you know, interestingly, these three game weeks as well, getting the best out of out of the strikers, because everyone knows what Billy Sharp has to offer, but asking him, you know, doing it all, you know, in sort of in every game in a in a three, you know, a three match week is. It's going to be um, tough, isn't it? So there's probably a little bit of, of management there, you know, when to bring in the likes of, of McBurney. But I think when you consider where they were at the start um, of September, you know, there has been progress, hasn't there? They've, they've won games, but maybe, you know, you expected them to win. They've got up and running with, I think it was a three wins, wasn't it, in, in, in September? So, you know, they are often running but it's just getting that that consistency and those sort of partnerships within the team as well I, I just wonder in terms of the home and away thing Liam whether there's an element of the the, the midfield balance you wonder if Oren yeah. Norwood and particularly John Fleck who's yeah. quite an attacking midfielder are better suited to playing those games at home where yeah. they're, they're they're setting the pace they're setting the tempo and not quite so Suited to you know being on the back foot, in yeah. Away games. The athleticism and a bit more you know dynamism. Yeah, I think you could have a point there, Stuart. So, I say certainly it's been a it's been a very positive block of games for for the Blades, and and, and I say those last two games shouldn't really distract from that. They're they're a lot lot further on than they yeah. were in the last international break. I think that's it. Teams will come on come on at them more. Um, when the blades away, aren't they? Really, you know, when they come to Bramwell Lane, they'll probably more sit in a little bit, and and the will dictate in midfield. Yeah, it's one of the things he's got to he's got to resolve. He's a he's a very smart um, cookie, and you know, I just think they need maybe you know in the next sort of one of games or when they have a difficult away fixture, they can you know, get a good win somewhere at uh, you know one of the maybe the fancy sides or even you know even a really good draw that will that will give them a boost and. Going forward, um, turning our attention now to Barnsley, who, I mean, th- their season continues to be a struggle at the moment with a one-nil home defeat to Millwall. The 89th minute uh, Millwall goal now sees them in the bottom three, and having only gained two points out of the last possible 15, with three of the next four league games away. Um, w- would it be fair to say that Marcus Shop seems to have a uh, a bit of a challenge on his hands, Leon? Well, you sighed there first of all, Mark, and you were right to sigh. Really, that was uh, a <laughs> it, it probably said it said it all. Really, yeah. I mean, it, it's I, I did a piece for the paper really in the week. It, you know, it, it seems to me that a bit of a you know a perfect storm it is brewing. I mean, they, they had a summer of of up- upheaval, obviously. Valerian Ismail left. He took um, Adam Murray and some of the, the, the quite a few of the coaching staff as well, including the the head of head of fitness and conditioner who was, who was very well thought of, a guy called Johnny Northeast. So they went. They obviously had the disruption as well. Dave Murphy le- left with the club secretary to go to Forest. And I, I think there was a bit of a a vacuum, if you like, for a few weeks in 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 the summer, probably longer than a few weeks really. And I think that sort of <coughs> Impacted a little bit on on the re, the recruitment, which you know it looks looks to be found wanting, doesn't it? I mean, they brought a lot of as they do. They brought some young, unproven players, but with no sort of championship experience. And when you're when you're struggling in a, in a bad run, you know you, you can certainly certainly get found out. But I, I, I think he's um, shops had a bad hand. He's obviously had injuries that have gone against him. The availability of, of people like Alari. With the with the visa situation, he couldn't have foreseen that. But you know, I, I think that the fact as well, he wanted to change the style of play, he wanted to go from the sort of direct style which the players knew and were very successful at under Ismail and play this sort of possession game. And it's just not it's just not sort of come off so far, has it? And they, they look to be in a in a real in a real hole. I mean, I think it's like four points out of twenty seven. They've not won in. In nine games, and I think the fans there's a certainly a lot of um, angst at the minute among among the Barsley fans, and, and a lot of them, to be fair, um, are calling for his head. And I think the sensible ones, I think they would be prepared to give him time, but they, they just wanted to see a bit more hope. 
you know, things I've gone against his mel- um, sorry, against Soft as I've said. But apart from the the half they had against QPR, they've not really shown any sort of um, um, traces of the style he wants to play. And certainly, if it doesn't improve in the next window, you know, a survival battle looks on really does look on the cards, and you struggle to see how how Shop will last if he doesn't get a win in the next um, three or four, or certainly provide a bit of hope. I just, I just think it's a massive international break for them, Leon. You know, they've got they've got two weeks now. Shop's been brought in because of his coaching ability. He's a coach, not a manager. He's got two weeks manager. to either exactly. He's, he's got two weeks to either nail either nail yeah. down this style he wants to play or tweak it. And I think, yeah. I think really between the return and the next international block, I think that's when we can really judge them. Not yeah. so much on results, but as you said, on if there's tangible signs of progress that, that things are getting better. Um, yeah. And, you know, you say, you say, Mark, three of the next four games away. I'm not sure that's Be such better. a bad thing. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think the pressure will be off because, as, as Leon says, there's a lot of tension at Oakwell at the moment. As it turns out, the one home games against Sheffield United, we just talked about them being a, a much more formidable at Bramall Lane. But, yeah, I, I just think they need, they need to get a lot of work into this international break to, to just come out of it with a, a clear idea themselves of what it is they're trying to do and just, yeah. just be better at it. And it, it might mean just having to park a couple of players to one side at the moment because they're not quite up to fitness and just put them out of their mind. Look, this is the group of players I'm working with. This is this is how I'm going to go. But they, they really need to come out looking looking like a, a better team, frankly. Um, and and I, do, I do think from now until the November break, the, the six games coming up, by the time we're at the end of that, will be 18 games into Marcus Shop's yeah. time. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the time when we'll, we'll, we can start forming conclusions and saying they need... They need to show real signs that they're they're improving as a team, e- even if that's not reflected in, in results. Although obviously they could really do with some results too. Yeah, I mean it's too, a lot of it's it's been sort of square pegs in round holes, really, and he's sort of struggling. They do look a team who, who are struggling for an identity. You can't. You know, last season you could say what style they played. You know, it was direct vertical football they called it, didn't they? But it was basically a high line in the defence, get it forward quickly and just absolutely work your, work your socks off and press like hell in, in, in the final third and, and create chances from that. You can't really see what style Barnsley are playing at the minute. Obviously, they've had injuries, but personnel are, are shifting around. There's no real continuity um, in the team, certainly in midfield and going forward. And, you know, the, the price of that is, is, has been results, hasn't it? And I've had some pretty... Grim performances, and and you're right in what you say, Stuart. It will be an important time for him to, do, you know, in this international break, to really, really nail down what he wants and expects. And it's going to be, a, but it's it's a it's a big test of man management as well, isn't it? Really, it's, and he's yeah, pretty much yeah, he's pretty much on his he's pretty much in in a lot of respects he's he's on his own, really, isn't he? I mean, he's he's obviously you know by himself. He's not been able to to bring in. Sort of any any coaching staff as, as such, and it's it's a mass, massive test for him. He's obviously experienced in in Austria, but it's a different different kettle of fish. Uh, the championship and the demands of it, um, you know, and he's got to win over some, got to win over supporters who have a lot. Uh, he's hemorrhaging faith from them, and they're not convinced by what he's saying in in press conferences afterwards. He's he's regularly saying, "I've got to find solutions. I've got to find solutions." Supporters aren't in. They just want. They want answers, you know. And and at the minute, you know, the look's gone against him. But he's not providing the an- answers, and the supporters, uh, quite a lot of them, have lost faith in him. But they just need one of those moments, Barnes. They've done it before in the past. They'll get a win when you don't expect it, and uh, you, you know things can turn in a bit more of a positive direction. But he'll, he's uh, certainly this next block of games will we'll find out whether he's the the real deal or not. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean with the, all the uh, Football League managers, the problem often is that it's the treadmill of games, isn't it? It's game, game, game. There's yeah. no time, time to work with it. He's got a fortnight now, and as he says, he's got to find solutions. So, you know, it, it's all on him now. Can, can he get these players 
playing in positions that suit them, can he get them playing a way that he wants them to play that is a recognisable way rather than this sort of falling between two stools between trying yeah. to be a bit Gerhard Struve and a bit Valerian Ismail. Um, mm. It's it, it it's up to him, and and you know, say that there are there are there have been valid excuses and what have you, but that's just got to be put to one side now. He's he's got what he's got. This is a real test of his coaching and his man management, and we'll see what he can come up with. Hmm. Yeah, ho- hopefully, um, as you said, they'll be able to use not only this international break but the upcoming games that are away from Oakwell, and hopefully get the answers that <laughs> basically all the fans are asking. Cool. It's basically getting a plan and stick into it. I think, Mark. You look at you look at Barnsley. In terms of the side, you've got the goalkeeper. You've got um, Brad Collins, who's, who's done really well. You've got the defenders at the back. You know, Helic and Kitchen, and if you can, if you can, obviously when Anderson's fit as well, he'd be and he's fit. He's an automatic selection. But it's just further forward. What's he? What's he going to do with the midfield? What's he going to do with the forwards? He's obviously going to play. Corley Woodrow, Woodrow, he needs to get to a stick to a plan. I mean, there was so much. Con- I know Ismail did. He did have the tactic of changing substitutes, which worked a treat last season, didn't it? But there was a, a pretty much a real continuity in terms of his selection. And um, obviously, Shops not had some luck in certain respects with injuries. But there's been so much chopping and changing around, and, and you know, like I said re- um, square pegs in, in round holes. It really needs to nail down a, a system that the you know that pl- the, the players trust as well. Mm. Yeah. And uh, turning our attention now to Hull City, who have climbed out of the bottom three with their first win since uh, the seventh of August. Um, both goals came in the last ten minutes in a game against Middlesbrough that seemed a struggle for both teams. Um, Grant McCann and Neil Warnock both seem to be facing problems at the moment. Um, do you think that's a fair view, Leon? I think there is there is specs of all. It was a, a massive result for them. They, uh, McCann was the first to say, "Look, they didn't play um, in terms of creating creating chances and being a massive attacking threat. They probably have played better this season, but." The thing that must be really encouraging for them is the way they all sort of fought for each other. Their their work rate was 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 outstanding. Um, you know, the, the physical um, commitment. They looked a real sort of you know commitment and camaraderie there. And and I think I, I put a tweet out on it was it was about nil nil in, in the first half. Um, Hull hadn't created lows, but there was just a real good attitude about the play. They were all working for each other, and it looked a side who, who aren't feeling sorry for themselves. They didn't look a side who'd gone into the game, you know, without, without a winning, without winning ten games. That were all fighting for each other, and they got the rewards. I mean, it was okay. It was a it was a lucky opener. It obviously rebounded, hit the post, and went in off the back of Joe Lumley from King Louis, Lewis Potter's shot. But you know, arguably they they deserved that for the way that the persistence and the way they they kept going, and you know. A, a, could be a big moment in their season. I mean, you look at Hull; they've not been, you know, yeah, they've been in most games that they've actually played. Even you know, even the ones where they lost at the likes of Stoke and Fulham, they've been in games. But just, I think, just getting that that first win, a, a group of players who were comparatively new to this level, and um, you know, I, I think they're probably going to be. It's going to be a season where they're going to have spells that are going to be difficult like they've had they're probably going to be you know down there for most of the season in that sort of bottom six or eight but the, I think the encouraging thing is they're all they're all scrapping and grafting for each other and you know you look at that win the other day as well I mean look at the players they had out they had George Williman was out McGuinness was out Elder was out um, Coyle was suspended as well and Tom Huddleston as well so you know they did it with quite a few of the senior players out so that was that was really encouraging for them, and I think Middlesbrough. I mean, obviously they missed a, they missed a, some glaring chances to you know before Hull scored. They had some bad luck with a free kick from McNair that there was a very minor infringement that he blew just before um, he scored, and you know that would have been the the, the equaliser. But they just don't look. Something just doesn't seem you know quite right there, and they've obviously lost four out of four out of six now, and it's. 
they really are st- struggling to sort of get that get get that attacking balance right. I think I think there were th- there were three things that really heartened me about Hull. I mean, the first one is to hear Leon talking about the fight. Obviously, Grant McCann talked about it. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, as, as someone who was at, at at Wigan in the last Championship season when they lost eight 0 you know, to hear that they're they're scrapping in such a a difficult time. It should be a given for a professional footballer, but we know they're human beings. Yeah, um, hmm. yeah really encouraging to hear that. A- another thing that encouraged me was the fact that he actually changed formation, which has been a big thing with the whole fans throughout his time. There's been this feeling that McCann will only play his, his 4-3-3 formation and, the, you know, conspiracy theories from some people that, that that comes down from the boardroom. So to see him be a bit more bit more flexible, I think he went three at the back, didn't he, Leon, and just... Uh, did, yeah, yeah. Just change yeah. it about, you know, it's it's encouraging that he's he's showing that adaptability. You know, we talk about um, we talk about Marcus Schott not hitting on a way of doing things, but equally, you, you know, you need to be able to change when things aren't working. And, and the other thing that I found really heartening was in the course of that week, we had Tom Eves score his first goal of the season and then Malik Wilkes score a really good goal, his first goal of the season at the end of that Middlesbrough game. And I ju- I've just felt, I've mentioned on this podcast a few times that self-belief has been a big factor and I think particularly for the strikers and, you know, up until then it, it had all been on Keen Lewis Potter in terms of the goals from the from the out and out strikers. So hopefully this will kickstart Wilkes, uh, you know, Eves as well if he gets the opportunity. Um, you know, we we know Keen Lewis Potter is a is a really top player and has got a big future ahead of him. But they just need they they just need. I keep saying it. They just need to to believe a bit more as as an attacking unit and uh, and hopefully this can. Um, this can this can get them going in the way that Preston result on the first day of the season just didn't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think all of those things were, were were good to see from my perspective. Yeah, I, I think with with Hull as well, Stu. I think the fact that the play that the physical, well, a sider will will present threats from set pieces and be physically strong if you like in middles. But you know the fact that basically got some pretty young centre-halves there, you know, the likes of, um, certainly unproven at championship level, Greaves and, and, and Bernard, you know, if they can, if they can sort of front up, muscle up and, you know, keep a, a clean sheet against a, a side like that, I thought that all good well as well. I mean, a, a fortnight before they played Sheffield United and obviously been beaten 3-1, you know, and for two of the, two of the goals, Hull do go this, you know, man for man in terms of the mark and it was players who lost individual battles you know, this week they obviously McCann had a had a bit of a go at them in in the press. You know, saying that we need we need a man up and be stronger. And you know, they seem an honest set of players to have taken that on on board and provided an, an answer in another you know pretty high profile game. You know, that was encouraging and, and pointed to an honest set of lads who really want to learn. And yeah, and they'll need to be on the game for set pieces because their next match is at Huddersfield, who we know have been really good at yeah. them too. So yeah, hopefully that again is it's about confidence, isn't it? Um, with these, particularly yeah. particularly as so many of that squad are either new to the championship or their yeah. only experience of the championship was a pretty negative one last time Hull were in the division. I I do think just getting getting that confidence going, we'll, we should see a much better Hull if they can. I say if yeah. they can. Just start, start believing in themselves because there is yeah. there is a lot of talent in that squad. But as I say it's it's very it's very raw in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think for the, just the, just a final one, I think for the fans as well, Stuart. I mean, they've not they haven't won at home since Christmas, I think, two thousand in front of fans. Obviously, we've had yeah. the the big break, but you could see that you know there was a bit of an edge to the game. Obviously, a Yorkshire derby, if you like, or, or two. Certainly, traditional rivals who've seen a bit of each other over the years. There was a good away crowd there. There was a bit of a bit of edge, and you just felt you, you've been to a lot of whole games, even before the obviously all the the pandemic stuff started. With fans are there, the atmosphere's been really sort of flat, and you know you could you could sort of sense that the whole supporters were were you know this you know we're, we're having a good day here. We're, you know we're, we're buying into the sides' efforts, their effort on the pitch um, deserved that. And they've not had many good days, have they, in the last few years that they've been able to see. So, you know, I think that was important as well. 
And um, we mentioned Huddersfield Town briefly uh, whilst talking about Hull, um, and uh, that's who we're turning our attention to now, who drew 0-0 at Luton Town, um, a result which leaves them 7th, one point outside the playoffs, uh, without a goal in three of their last four games. What does Carlos Corbran need to do, Stuart? Well, I think... um... To, to listen to Carlos Corbran speak, I think there's sort of um, two 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 types of games Huddersfield are, are coming up against. Um, there's when they play teams who are very open, and they're enjoying those games, and they're they're playing well against them. You know, scored three against Blackburn, scored three at Blackpool. You know, uh, match, matches like that. I think they're quite good in. I think when teams come and park the bus a bit, just make the game tight as they're perfectly entitled to do. You know, like when Nottingham Forest were at Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago, I think they struggle in those games to break the opposition down. And I think I think that's where they're having their difficulties. And I mean, mentioned set pieces there. A big proportion of their goals has come from set pieces, which is a which is a really pleasing thing as a coach on one respect. But of course the other side of it is, are we doing enough in open play? You know, and, and I say I think I think in some games they are, but I, th- I think in the in the games where opposition sit back a little bit and say, "Come on, what are you going to do about it?" I think they're finding it more difficult. So again, you know, they've got they've got two weeks on the training ground. They've got somebody in charge who is in charge essentially because of his coaching abilities. They've just got to work a little bit more on that. You know, they've got players like Daniel Senani who should be the ideal source of player to to break that down. They've they've got Sober Thomas, who they, they seem to have decided, and probably quite rightly, is, is a bit more effective coming from slightly deeper, who can do that. Um, hopefully, at some point, uh, they're going to get a fit and firing um, Rolando Aarons to you know offer them the opportunity of, uh, of having a, a sort of a proper winger running at people. But they, they, they just need to work on, on that side of their game because, as I say, Hall are not going to go to Huddersfield um, a week on Saturday and make things easy for them by any means. That is probably going to be one of those, one of those difficult tests for them. But I, I think all in all, I think if you'd said to any Huddersfield fan, yeah. uh, and probably most of the players, that going into this international break, you'd be seventh in the table. I think they'd be delighted. I think they've had a really good start. It's just a case of trying to improve things. I don't think it's any any cause for uh, for alarm whatsoever. No, I think they've got the fundamentals there. Stuart, haven't they? They've obviously come in and they've brought a lot of a lot of defenders in. I mean, you look, you look at you know, there's the likes of Tom Lee's, Pearson, Levi Cowell, and you know they've got some, they've nailed down some understandings early on, and it, it looks a team who were um, another team like Hull, who were you know they're not the most, maybe they're not the most talented in the world, but they've all got each other's backs. They're all they're all. Um, Honest and will and will give give their all for the for the jersey and given you know you've got to factor in as well. I mean, there's not many other sides in the second half of of last season who had such um, grim form as as, as Huddersfield. I'm, I'm not quite sure of the exact statistics, but um, they were they were pretty poor, weren't they? And you know, in, in some respects, they even you know got away with it a little bit in terms of you know staying up. You know, a few a few more bad results and if they'd not eat out a winner to here and here and there it would have been pretty um, pretty desperate so given all that I think it's been a, an excellent start to the season yeah they've had some they've had one or two bumps in a row which, you, which you're going to get in you know in three game weeks especially in, in the championship but they can be you know very pleased with um, with how it's all gone I think bringing in players early in the window sort of helped as well in terms of you know assimilating them and getting them Getting it, getting them well versed with with everything within within the club. I think the trick now is just building on it, isn't it? I mean, they were in a similar position. I think this this time last year, and um, then they sort of got into the winter and really started to to fall away. Although you know in, injuries certainly didn't help there. So in a good position, and they've got the sort of problems that you know they're in some respects the sort of good problems, aren't they? It's not like the they're in a situation going into a break where they just can't score goals and they're, and they're conceding goals left, right, and centre. It's more to, to you know getting the getting the the, the balance and the the, the a, 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 a attacking plan right for, for certain games. 
Yeah, and the fact that um, that Danny Ward scored a couple of goals against Blackburn was yeah. was massive. You know, again in terms of exactly what we said about Hull, in terms of the, the confidence in the centre forwards, you know yeah. that, that that was huge. Um, he obviously had a really goals, difficult time. Yeah, yeah, they, they have exactly. Goals, you know, I think that's a good sign. It definitely is. Yeah, I think I think you know, considering considering the the. Um, the budget they worked within the summer. I mean, it was a real yep. sort of cut price recruitment drive. I think that says yeah. a lot for the for the coaching ability of of Corbran and 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 a lot for those characters as well. That you know they yeah. might not be the most expensive players in the world, but you know they're 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 really good professionals who are working really hard. And, and yeah. I think yeah. it's been I think it's been a a really good start to the season for Huddersfield. I'd be really proud if I was a yeah. Huddersfield There's no player. bad eggs there now, Stuart. Is there? if if you to, to to coin a phrase, they've sort of got the they've got people there who really want to be at, at Huddersfield Town, and obviously everybody knows you know what that spirit and togetherness can ultimately bring. I mean, nobody's going to say that they're going to do what what happened a few years ago, but it does seem like that that the supporters are are getting the club back in in some respects. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have gone. It could have gone really badly if you think they've been in relegation battles for what the last four seasons. Yeah, yeah. So have had such a such a you know low budget, you know, pandemic yeah. reaction transfer window. It could have gone horribly wrong. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't, and that and that's great credit to uh, to the way to the way they've done things. Yeah, and they the results early, and they, and they got a few, thankfully. Now, um, we turn to a roundup of the recent League One action. Um, Rotherham moved up to fourth in the table after a convincing 2 0 win at Cheltenham with goals from Will Grieg and uh, Romani Edmonds Green. Um, just like last weekend, Sheffield Wednesday conceded a last minute goal. Unfortunately, this time it resulted in a 2 1 defeat for the Owls at the hands of Oxford United. Um, and Doncaster remained rooted at the foot of the table in spite of a good home win against MK Dons. And although Rotherham are looking to have found a good run of form at the moment, the Owls seem to lack consistency and Doncaster just can't seem to get a break at the moment. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Leon? Yeah, I think Rotherham, it's, it, it's been a, a, a terrific reaction from... From relegation, I mean, obviously, a lot has been made of the fact that you know the last two occasions they've gone down under under Paul Warren, they've got you know promoted straight away an instant return. I think the really encouraging thing, and I suppose the ominous, ominous thing from other sides in the division, is that you know that the they are ahead of the points total in the previous two promotion seasons. You know, I sort of remember remember well in the. Um, in the in the first um, season they got promoted, there was you know this this time a few years ago there was even some speculation, some murmurings about the future of Warren. And I remember they went to Blackpool just before Christmas, got a big win there, everything set off after that, and they uh, they came through like a train in the second half of the season. And even the last time they got promoted, they had some dodgy results away early on, and um, you know they really um, they didn't look like promotion contenders at all but you know the reverse has applied here they've, you know you look at the look at the squad they they all know the jobs they've got four forwards who are you know competing against each other they've got Greg they've got Ladapo they've got Michael Smith who you know on his game he's already showing that he's got few peers at um, at league one level they've got um, a, Keo, a young Keodi as well to throw into the mix and yeah it's looking looking really good you know I think they're about six or seven without a win, and um, you know it's interesting as well. In the, in the Papa John's Trophy game in midweek, it was a fairly strong side that uh, Warren put out on bench. You know he's wanting to continue that sort of winning mentality, and uh, they look really, um, really well placed. I don't know what what, what Stuart thinks on on Rotherham. I, I think I agree with you completely. I say I'd be I'd be worried if I was another team in that division, seeing yeah. that they've had their best start under. Under Paul Warren to a to a League One season, but I, I think the other the other really encouraging thing from a, you know from a personal point of view in my in my previous life I covered most of Will Griggs' uh, career at Sunderland and that really struggled through not getting off to a good start. Well, he scored three in his last three games now, so yeah. you yeah. Are, you already had eight goals from Michael Smith. You know he's having a he's having a great season, but but now there's another striker taking taking the burden off him. 
I think that I think that's a really encouraging sign. And I just I just think I think League One set up for them in some ways in that yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of teams this season who the attention will be on. And we're about to talk about one of them, and and Rotherham really are not one of them, which is bonkers really when you think that Rotherham basically under Paul One always win promotion from League One, but because because they're not glamour boys in this division where there's so many of them. They can almost go about their business quite quietly and, and yeah. just get on with it, and and it just it just feels like they're they're back in that groove. They they know what they're doing. They've they've got their formation. They've got their way of playing. They've got the strikers scoring goals. They're defending well. They can just carry on bubbling under the surface while people respond yeah. to you know how Sunderland and Wigan and yeah. Sheffield Wednesday and all these other teams are doing uh, doing each week. And I say the, the the other one of it's one of those obviously Leon is, is Sheffield Wednesday and there's a lot of attention on them at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he made a made a good point, Warren, as well. Just just quickly going on to that, you know, there's a every week you've usually got some big teams playing each other, haven't you, as well mm. and. The, the, they're knocking each other's lights out and um, I think it's one where the fans don't talk about maybe don't talk about Rotherham but the managers certainly do and if they, they know if they can get a result against Rotherham it's as good as any in the division I mean obviously Sheffield Wednesday got a great result against Rotherham early in the season but it's sort of um, gone off the rails a little bit from that hasn't, hasn't it really and is it something like one one win in, in six It was it's, it's maybe the run that both of us perhaps feared when you know a little bit when Wednesday, Wednesday did come da- come down they were, they were going to have a, a spell like this which would which would test them you know we, we're all encouraged by the start of the season but Wednesday are in that little bit of a little bit of a run aren't they really and you know you look at they obviously got you know a big a big game against um, Bolton on Saturday which will take care of itself but I sort of look at the the, the games after that for Wednesday you know they, they go to places like um, AFC Wimbledon, they go to Cambridge, they've got to go to Cheltenham, and um, I think they've got a, a home game with Lincoln as well. They sort of they sort of look goodish games on paper in terms of sides who are maybe in the bottom end of the division, but they're only good if you get through them and, and, and get some points. And you know, a few defeats there, and um, Darren Moore will start to get a bit more stick from supporters. There's no no doubt about that whatsoever. So. It's um, it's a, you know a key time for Wednesday. You know you, you just wonder about the have they got the balance right and does does he really know and trust his best side yet? And um, yeah, they're going to have to come up with some like a, f- a few of our clubs some consistent answers. Yeah, I, th- I think those games coming up will be really interesting ones for them. But yeah, yeah. Take away the Bolton one, but the ones you mentioned because for those for those clubs and this is the this is the sort of upside for Rotherham for those clubs it's going to be cup final time for them they're going to be desperate to beat Wednesday and you know Wednesday who are used to playing on this massive great passing surface at Sheffield Wednesday are going to have to come to these tighter grounds you know and and really really scrap it out a bit more and it might it might require different things I mean we saw when we saw when Wednesday played Rotherham earlier in the season I think I think Darren Moore made five changes as if to say this is going to be a completely different type of game And, and and these ones coming up will be completely different types of games to to Bolton. I mean, it, it'll be interesting that the Bolton game, because one of the features of the recent games, I mean, in the last international break, we were really talking up Bailey Peacock-Farrell at the start of the season he's had. Yeah. He's obviously had a, f- a few errors. He's going away on international duty now, so that, that might be yeah. a good that might yeah. be a good sort of mental break for him. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, maybe that's just uh, just trying yeah, to put a positive. I don't think it helped. Kiss of death. I gave him in the piece the other week. But, uh, <laughs> no, exactly. You're, you're to blame, to be honest, Leon. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, the, the other thing they've obviously got to work out is just how best to use Barry Bannon. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's there's an argument to say that maybe four two three one isn't isn't the best formation for him because he's neither a sitter or a number ten. Really, is somewhere in the middle. But um, they do need to. They do do need to get their head around that because obviously he is he is their best player if if they're getting full use out of him. So maybe that's um, maybe that's something Darren Moore needs to needs to think about. But you know, as as Leon said, you could you could see this coming. We're not we're not talking with yeah. hindsight. The, the the were always going to be exactly difficult patches. I mean, you, you know, you look at you look at some of the other teams who people you know think should be up there, and you you know you've got. 
You've got Portsmouth in in eleventh at the moment. You've got Ipswich in nineteenth. You've got Charlton in twenty first. You know, uh, and Ipswich in particular have had an even bigger sort of turnaround of players. And the, the Wednesday they've had to got all this issue of gelling. It, it isn't. It isn't an easy division. It isn't a division no. you can just get by on reputation. And and a lot of it, I think, with with clubs of that stature, is is how you hold your nerve in these difficult times. Um, say not not to gloss over the problems but not to get too panicked about them in the way that we were saying about Leeds before it's only it's been similar to Sunderland isn't it Stuart they've had exactly the, the same thing and obviously the big hope up there is that they might have um, they might be onto something but then they, obviously then they go to, to Portsmouth and, and, and get stuffed but that's um that's the way it is. It's just about, it is about holding holding your nerve in in many respects, and you know, and there's and the supporters as well. I'd, I'd venture to, to suggest. Uh, yeah, I would say even even more so the supporters, Liam. And I say I think that's the thing that Rotherham can can prey on, and and, yeah. and the Owls have to be wary of, you know, because you you talk about Sunderland, but it, it'll apply to to Wigan as well, to Bolton, to Portsmouth, yeah. Yeah. to Ipswich, you know, to those those teams I mentioned down in the bottom. There's a lot of those clubs where. As a, as a as a so-called smaller club, you can kind of play on that by really yeah. ramping up the pressure on these teams um, and and sort of almost letting the fans do a bit for you. So it, it, it you know by all accounts the, the the Wednesday fans have been quite supportive in, in Hillsborough this yeah. season and they they just really need that to continue because they, they they will be a big factor in how Sheffield Wednesday do whether they do well or badly. Um, and you know it can be a, obviously it can be a real strength playing in front of twenty two thousand yeah. every week at Hillsborough, but it, it can be a real negative as well if um, if the mood switches. So then yeah. you know from from the players' point of view, they need to give these give the fans something to hang on to by just getting back to a few more positive performances. Yeah. I suppose I think it's sticking with them as well, Stuart, isn't it? They obviously had yeah. a, couple, a couple of difficult results at, uh, at Hillsborough. They lost to. Um, Lost to Oxford and drew against um, Shrewsbury. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure most Wednesday nights, you know, would have justifiably expected them to to win those both. But you know, it could be on on Saturday they've got Bolton who, who started well. It, it could be one of those games where it's you know it's maybe not going not not straightforward, and, and the crowd are gonna there's gonna be passages in the game where they're, they're probably gonna have to stick with with them and and really you know even lift the side as well. That that's gonna be key. Of course, but it, it, you know it's a, it's a two-way street as well, isn't it? And the, the players have it got is, to give them yeah. something as well. You know, if they can, if they can start the game at a good tempo, and, and say in yeah. some ways, I think, I think for a club's club of Wednesday stature, a game like that is almost not easy. Is probably overplaying it, but a better game yeah. for them. Yeah. In that the fans, the fans will know that they have to get behind them. They'll be really up for it. You know, Bolton will probably play a more open style which which Wednesday will hope to exploit sort of thing it, yeah. I think it's I think potentially it's a it's a good game for them um, to, to, it's to a get championship things going. game in inverted commas almost isn't it really yes you know, exactly the size of the clubs yeah that's right yeah yeah that's very true and um, uh, do you guys have any um, comments on Doncaster who again just cannot catch a break uh. I, I think we've just got a. It's one of those. It's not a. It's not a straightforward season at Doncaster. It never was going to be, and you've got to. You've got to give little bits of credit where where it's due, and you've got to look, try and look for the for the positives. And certainly, Richie Wellens is, and I think the fact that they've won the last two home games, well, it's three if you count the um, the Papadons Trophy, but really the you know the last two home games they had. Big tests of character when um, they had the game against um, Morecambe. You know, huge game. You sense, you know, Donny really had to win that a little bit like Lee's when they played Watford, really. They won that. And then, obviously, the MK Dons game last weekend, they'd gone into that after, a, you know, an absolutely brutal result at, at, at Ipswich. You know, they lost 6-0. By all accounts, it could have been, you know, it could have been a real cricket st- score. So, they did, you know, fair player than the show character to, to beat you know, MK Dons, who were, who were a good um, football inside at that level, they've started pretty well. Show they're all behind the manager, so that that is the you know the positive aspect. Obviously, there's a hell of a lot of hell of a lot of issues there, but I, I think what I would say about Richie Wellens, I mean, everyone knows he's a wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a he's a popular guy on on the training ground with his players, and 
who I'm sure are desperate to do well from him. Mm. I just think can he can he really sort of um, withstand another big you know beating? He's had two six nil defeats already this season, and um, you know another one might might just might just be too much. But I think it's like we said we've, we've mentioned a, a few other teams having critical spells. I think that's the same with, with, with Donny. They've looked at some of their games. They've, they've got some teams around them. They've got to play. They've got to play the likes of um, well teams in in the bottom. I should probably probably be a better way of putting it. They've got the likes of Cambridge. They've got Cheltenham. They've got to go to. Um, they've got to play Lincoln at home. They've got to go to Charlton. Then they've got Gillingham as well. I know Wellens has spoken before about a few weeks ago about the importance of the games coming up, and they've just got to. They've just got to find a way, haven't they? They've. I mean, already this season they've took lead three games and lost them all. They haven't got a point away from home, and they're just going to. Um, they're going to have to find a way to manage games, be mentally tougher. And hopefully, with uh, some players coming back as well, they can dig out some results. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I felt quite positive about Doncaster after after the results against MK Dons. You know, to go to Ipswich yeah. on a Tuesday night and get stuffed six 0 yeah. I mean, yeah. Ipswich obviously haven't had the results, but there's a lot of talent there, so that can happen. But nevertheless, to to be beaten six 0 and as Leon was talking about last week, not the first time this season mm. either. Yeah. You know, yeah. the manager sounded near suicidal you know it was just yeah. a just a terrible night for them yeah so to four days later to have lifted yourself and and actually you know yeah. won a game mm-hmm. i think it says a lot about the character of that that team you know particularly yeah. as they went ahead early they got pulled back and they they still went on to win first game in senior football for tiago so you know in the way that we're talking about the yeah. whole lads that was it that was important for him i think there's, there's a lot of positives there i, I think one thing i'm I would slightly be, you know, maybe a little bit concerned about it. Leon mentions there's, there's players coming back and, and, you know, John Taylor's near the near the top of that list. Um, we've been talking about, or Richie Wellens has been talking about, you know, John Taylor and Freya Kenabiri being out all the way through the season. There's going to be a lot of expectation on that guy's shoulders yeah. when he comes back. You know, yeah. I hope we don't put too much pressure on him, but um, he is one of those experienced heads. You know, Dan rightly talks about they need game management and that sort of thing. Well, obviously, someone with, with Taylor's experience is going to really help with that. Um, so, yeah, ho- hopefully this is, this is the start of them hopefully coming out of this horrible run of injuries, although, you know, the way things are going, you wouldn't put them past them, yeah. get another, another couple. Hopefully this is the start of Thiago's, you know, career really taken taken off. And, and just a, a show of character, you know, for a team bottom of the league, they've, yeah. they've won three of their last five games now. And one of those that they lost was really unfortunate, you know, with some yeah. debatable yeah. penalty de- decisions and, uh, and all this sort of thing. So, they're not in as bad a way as the league table would have you suggest. Um, yeah. This think, yeah. it, that only matters if this is the start of something, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too. I wouldn't be too despondent um, right now. But this next run of games is, as Leon says, it's going to be a test because they, you know, they've they've had, they've had it tough with the fixture list. Now they've got some games they really need to uh, need to cash in on and. Um, yeah. It's 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 time it's time to park the excuses and and get on with performing. Yeah. I think they'd probably, given everything that they've had to contend with with Stuart, I mean everything that's that probably gone could have gone wrong has in some respects. I think they're only they're only something like three points away from the two. I know the goal difference is a bit down, but they're only three points away from the two sides who are just outside the relegation zone. And I think they'd have certainly taken that. Um, Obviously, not ideal position, but they'd probably pragmatically they'd have probably taken um, taken that, and it's not too bad a bad a place, isn't it? Really, you know, the, the, with everything that has gone wrong, they could have easily been seven or eight points adrift by now, couldn't they? So they're not, and you know they've had some tough early season games, in particular looking at their away games, going the likes of you know certainly going to Plymouth and then Ipswich in the space of four days. They've had to go to Sheffield Wednesday. They've had to go to Rotherham who they never get anything from. And um you know, there is a little bit of a a little bit of a break. They've got one or two players come back and yeah, as you've said, it's it now's there's there's no no excuses as such this time and it's about about doing the business and they've had a little bit of a start with winning the last two home league games. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, given everything that's happened to them over the year, not just the season, they yeah. could easily feel really sorry for themselves. They could be in yeah. the sort of, you know, yeah. mental shape that, that Norwich, for example, seem to be in the Premier League. They're not feeling sorry for themselves. No. They're, they're fighting at least. They'll need, they'll need more than just fight. But if you yeah. don't have fight, you've got no chance whatsoever. So at least it's that. Yeah, maybe finding the feet as well. I mean, it took him a long time. With ben, when Ben Whiteman left, he was a massive, absolutely a massive player, but I think a massive figure as well. There was a bit of a, a bit of a process after he, he left, getting used to that. And it, um, you know, it certainly knocked him back in the last third of, of the season, didn't it? But maybe there's some signs that one or two are stepping up and, and finding the feet, but they need to do it on a consistent basis. And uh, finally this week in League Two, uh, good results for both Bradford City and Harrogate Town. Um, the, and these good results now leave uh, Harrogate Town in second place and the Bantams just outside the playoff positions. Um, with both with both of them, uh, well, with both teams facing games uh, in the coming weekend, do you think that they will uh, be able to maintain their good run of form, Stuart? Um well, I mean, you know, I, I think they're they're in two very different positions at the moment. I think I think from Bradford's perspective, it was just a good reaction because you know we'd, we'd said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago not to be too panicky about about Bradford because Derek Adams hadn't been too panicky, and we were kind of taking our lead from that. Since then, he'd come out and been really critical of them, uh, of their attitudes. Um, and he got the response he wanted against Rochdale. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, 2-0 two, two win at home they, they're having it tough at the moment in terms of the uh, in terms of the injuries they've got obviously you know they've got a League 2 squad they've got a, a, you know a big squad by League 2 standards but nevertheless it's a League 2 squad it doesn't take too many injuries to sidetrack you and they've, they've lost a lot of um, you know a lot of uh, a lot of attacking players I mean to, to lose to lose Ollie Crankshaw in the transfer market to the to the conference, in that you know, a bit reminiscent of losing Danny Rowe last season, must have been a bit of a a bit of a shock to the system as well. Um, but yeah, he must be he must be delighted with the with the response he he's got now. Now they've got to go to Newport County. Lost Michael F- uh, Flynn recently, um, and they've, they've just got to keep that going. You know, from from Harrogate's perspective, I mean, it's. Um, it's a great start to the season, you know. To be to be to be second in the in the league at the, at this stage of the season, just brilliant. You know, they've got they've got Luke Armstrong in uh, in good goal scoring form for them. Obviously, that's that's taken their their game up a notch, and and Jack Diamond too, I think, has has uh, helped to raise things. You know, and it's just a really it's just a really positive place for. For Harrogate to be in, and you know they're they're at home on Saturday, home to Scunthorpe United. They'll be really hoping this being an international break, and you know there'll be a there'll be a fans of a lot of clubs with with you know no game this weekend to to get a few more through the gate because there's you know there's something going on there that that really is is worth sort of um, sort of getting behind, and it's you know it's it's great to see that they've had this start to the season. Yeah, there's a, there's a I think we spoke about it before. There, there is a a bit of a positive vibe there, isn't there? Especially though, obviously the fans missed out, you know, in 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 most respects last season, did they? Not been able to see them, but you know, they've obviously had a, a great start to the season. I think mean, was it one defeat in twelve in all all competitions? So yeah, there is a feel good factor there, and you know they're entitled to look at other clubs, um, you know, probably comparable clubs really. You know, the likes of, of Cheltenham and and Accrington who have kicked on and been successful in that that division. Um, you know, um, it, it, it's uh, they've got a core of players who've been there in, in you know, in, in the successful times. have obviously added to that and brought some some very good signings in. Um, you know, you mentioned the likes of Diamond and and Armstrong, and you know, there's a really really good good vibe there. And you know, who, who's to say that they, they, they you know they can't stay up there? They've got they've certainly got some talent within that dressing room. Uh, I just think with Bradford, I mean, having a Having a bit of a spell, obviously important to get that win against against Rochdale, and I think the trick now is if they can sort of dig some sort of sort of result out away from home because I think mean, they've lost the last three or four, haven't they? They've obviously they had a bad bad day at at, um, at Crawley, um, obviously lost at Leighton Orient as well, and and Salford, and if they can just you know not necessarily you know a real free-flowing footballing performance but just go somewhere and get three points away from home 
and that'll that'll be you know, big for the confidence and and they can hopefully get back on on the road again and they've obviously got some important players who are going to be back um you know later this this autumn in, in the likes of uh, Liango especially and Moaisa so yeah they just got to hopefully dig in you know sometimes a long trip away from home going there getting a 1-0 getting back on the bus and um you know it can, it can turn things around for everyone and make the supporters feel a hell of a lot better yorkshirepost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport or you can search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook and you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves and bye for now.